Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song, and this week it's I'm Only Here to Disappoint. Dude, I love a good jazz hand. I was trying to act that out. You know, um, as you were doing it, which was fun. No one will pick that up because this is a podcast. Mm-hmm. But I did it anyway for my own enjoyment. I had to enjoy something here. We had to enjoy something here. And being in this ding dang hot ass room. Yeah. Hot. Hot. I was thinking, oh, we can talk about this in post production. Um, we, we could do cameras. I mean, here we could, yeah. That would be neat, I think. That would be a nice little, uh, you know, interesting update to the format. I think it would be a cool thing to put over on Patreon, you know, patreon.com slash as you were. Where, you know, we give people extra things, bonus episodes, Mm. nice pieces of merch. Mm. You can talk to us. You can vote on songs, all this great stuff. Yes, yes. And we, uh, it's nice in particular for times such as this, where we've now recorded three episodes of this program. Yep, you today. Got, you got a lot of, uh, yeah, today. <laughs> Our fourth episode. Of fourth As episode ever. Um, Thank you for supporting us. You've got a busy summer planned. And, I'm going to be uh, gone for a while. We got to get we got to get this stuff done. And even with that in mind, after doing the last three that we did, I'm thinking... Oh, I'm only here to disappoint. We got to do that one. Maybe we should just do it next time. Uh, what do you? But it's like, let's just get it over with. It's 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 unfortunate because I feel personally like the last three episodes, the last three weeks of episodes have all been pretty strong, gone in a lot of different directions. Oh yeah, some good, some bad other directions i guess those aren't directions in the first place but this one is very hard to end with like if this you was take the f- a you take take main street good and then you take uh you go to first avenue and then you go bad and yep and then you're there mm-hmm. you're at my shame is true you can't um, fucking you're, you're at god damn sorry i interrupted you but this no. record fucking sucks I have such mixed feelings on this record in so many ways. Like, I think there is worse material um, on the previous two. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing on this one that really eclipses the high points that occasionally pop up on those two. Mm -hmm. So it's these three are very hard for me. I would usually put this one above the other two because this addiction is my floor. Um, That record is very difficult for me in a lot of regards. Mm -hmm. And with this one, I'm at least like, okay, you're writing more than two parts. That's good. Um, Maybe none of these songs are objectively awful, but they are really nothing. And I think we're entering a space that we don't really hit very often, which is Dan material from the late period. That's just like, is this song about anything? Dude, it's not. 
And I think that it kind of highlights the difference between Matt and Dan, right? Like, when Matt writes a truly bad song, he's like, I'm a motorcycle vampire hanging by my boner. And Dan, his songs are just like, I own a house. Like, sure. Sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do with this, man. It's He's like, I hate raking leaves. Oh, cool. Yeah, but, and I'm bad at them. Let me yeah. tell you what. I am, one thing that I've learned is that I am bad at uh, uh, doing the dishes. Yeah, it's just, it's so mundane. It's mm. so nothing. Like, I don't, this song, title is kind of interesting. Like, maybe if this was outlining the seven-point program of how you disappoint people. Maybe this would be an interesting song. He forgot to put the lid on the pretzels, (laughs) and now they're stale. That's one. And wife's always mad. Oh, God. Um, He he always forgets to take off his shoes when he comes in the house. Would it kill you to wash the sheets once? Yeah. Do Do you ever notice the fact that there are always clean sheets on the bed? They mean a lot. I'm going to... There's somebody on the other side of the wall that probably could call me out for that. Um, Yeah, dude. This song is I Gotta Write a Song for the new record. It's insane to me how much this song feels this way. When, and we've touched on this before, there's also the Broken Wing EP released simultaneously. Three very good dance songs on it. Yo. Well, maybe not very good, but good, right? Like, Miles Better Than This, not as good as This Is Getting Over You, but y- you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. modern era, solid material. Just write those three, my guy. Like, we don't need 16 songs across an LP and EP. Let's just write a good 10-song record, mm-hmm. which you didn't do here. Mm-hmm. And that's strange to me like you had been kind of carrying this band for a while um on i would say like you've got some good songs on agony and irony and b-sides you've got some good songs on this addiction and b-sides and now on the this record proper you make almost no impact do you think he wakes up do you think he has he's got a daily writing routine right he wakes up I'm early sure he does he makes coffee he puts an hour in and maybe something good comes and if it doesn't, it's okay. Yeah. Next day. I mean, I would hope. I would assume if this is largely what he does as a profession, that is part of it. I'm beginning to wonder if maybe he's a slower songwriter, if his process takes longer. Yeah. You know, because he's obviously got solo records in this era, which we've never really touched on. I don't know if you've ever even really listened to him. I like the one that he did with Jeff a lot. But I think I like that a lot because of, of the, the players. Band. Yeah, I would say like that first. Mike Hugan, one of the best living guitar yeah. player. So good. Um, I will say I think the first Emergency Room record that Hurricane Season has some like good. Yeah, I, I like that one too. Good songs. Yeah. It's not like mind blowing, but there's some cool stuff on it. I think if you took half of Hurricane Season and half of Party Jason and put it together, you got a pretty good record mm-hmm. and probably two albums worth of good alkaline trio songs um this just is really lifeless to me uh i we talked about it before this being the record they produced with bill stevenson i think was kind of a mistake i think bill is 
a pretty good producer, but it's interesting to look at him even as an artist in this scope because bands like all some of the descendant stuff, definitely the black flag stuff he played on is weird. They are yeah. not just like these very gridded, rigid songs of like, uh, you play at uh, 126 beats per minute mm-hmm. for four measures. And then you continue to do that in this part for the chorus. And then we just copy and paste them and the songs done. Um, and we got a second verse here. So it might be a good idea to put some arpeggios here and, uh, yeah, you know, just, just double it down. And if you, if you mess up, just stop and we'll pick it up. Yeah. Um, and I think Bill's a very good songwriter, but I think in a lot of cases when I've heard him produce records for bands that not to say in 2012 or 2011, whenever this record was getting made that Alkaline Trio was particularly scrappy, but they did have, they weren't the players that Bill usually works with. They aren't even the rise against to a certain degree who is writing those kind of radio rock staple songs, which we talked about death last week. Mm -hmm. But like when I hear uh, a rise against record Bill made, it's like, Oh, this makes perfect sense. This sounds really good. It's got a little bit of grit. Cool. When I hear him do an Alkaline Tree record, I'm like, oh, this just feels really safe. Like, this just feels like generic punk band. Like, if I heard different voices on these songs, there's, like, nothing musically that makes me hear Alkaline Trio. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is, even on this addiction or the new record, when they're getting a little uh, boilerplate-y, where it's a little, like, octave chordy, whatever, at least that's, like, that is you. That's mm-hmm. your band. On this one, it's a lot of just, like... This could be anybody. Yeah. Literally like, anybody. You know, we, we, the the example of, oh, you put arpeggiation. Sorry. We have moments on this show where we're just like, oh, and those arpeggios. Yeah, there. totally, totally. If it's adding something to a good concept or a an idea that you're pushing in a different direction, those are things that you latch onto and they make all of it better. It's like... If you put a little bit of salt on a dish, mm-hmm. it just makes every flavor pop. If you put too much salt on it, you're at IHOP. And that's what this is. This is fucking IHOP of music. This is this is goddamn, it's not fast food. It's ready-made. Yeah. It's so lazy, and it just screams, we haven't put a record out in three years. And we need a paycheck. Hmm. Um. But here's the thing. This is the most offensive shit to me. This is more offensive to me than. Oh, I don't know. I see. Here's, <laughs> that's where it gets tough, right? Because right. when I'm talking about this, it's more offensive to me than Draculina or Eating Me Alive. But those songs are. I never want to hear again in my life. Yeah. Those songs, when I hear them from a mile away, I want to run the other direction. This one just breezes past me. And I, this is the conversation we've had a, a lot, but it's just like, I think it's inevitable. I don't care what band it is. They're probably going to hit a moment where they make a record that I'm like, eh, it's a little lazy or I don't really like it or whatever. That happens. That's fine. I'm accepting of it. I'm at the point in my life, especially in terms of physical media, mm-hmm. where like I don't need to be a completist. If I don't like that record, it does not need to be on the shelf. And this is one where it's just like, I'm never going to put this record on. Yeah. That is like, there's never going to be a day in my life where I'm like, you know what I want to listen to? 
My shame is true. It's a good thing that I have it. But I'm also never going to sell it, so fuck me. You know, like, uh, what would you sell it for? You would get $8 for it. Yeah, I mean, so that's the weird part of being a fan, right? Is like there are records that I keep on a shelf and I put on once every five years, but I'm glad to know they're there because that's when I need them and they're great. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the antithesis of that. And I think when you look at bands that have a long body of work, like with so many releases, it's inevitable there's going to be some you tune out on. Mm-hmm. be they like gigantic missteps this addiction or just kind of boilerplate nonsense my shame is true and i've always said that like i prefer the noble failures which i do to a degree but neither this addiction or my shame is true is that they're just like really misguided they're really lazy in two different ways whereas the laziness of this addiction is largely i wrote two parts just throw some shit on there. Mm-hmm. This is well. I did write four parts. They just aren't anything sub- substantive. Yeah, uh, and that's the hardest stuff to like feel any type of way about. To me, you know, I could see someone liking this if this is your intro to this band, or you're more into a, a style of punk that maybe isn't as much my bag. Like, cool. It, but if I was at a show and they played this song, I'd be like, weird. Why? I think that I I have had kind of an interesting few months in terms of the thing that I did when I was unable to do anything. Sure. When I was home from the hospital, I listened to a lot of discographies. Mm-hmm. And I jumped in on the bigger ones that were always like, I'll get into I'll Todd Rundgren one day. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I have really found is that it's, if you're going to do it for a long time, you either need to surround yourself with all sorts of different people, or you have to force yourself into a situation where somebody is going to push you. Yeah. And there is nothing that's happening here that indicates that that's happening. Yeah. Nick Cave is mm-hmm. a perfect example. Rick McGuire and I talked about him yeah. on I'm Better sure. Yet, and I'm not a huge Nick Cave fan, but in 2005, Nick Cave makes a record with a new band called Grinder Man, and it's mm, a great. fucking rock record. Nick Cave is a perfect example of someone who I wasn't into and then saw him live and got really into and i think similarly do i need every nick cave record no but there's like five or six i really fucking like and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of you know he's someone who i don't think also hits his stride out the gate Mm -hmm. you know there's some good early stuff but it's really that late 80s early 90s where he's firing on all cylinders and now i would say for the past 10 ish years is in the same boat of doing a lot of different stuff like Dig Lazarus Dig doesn't sound like Skeleton Tree, doesn't sound like Push the Sky Away, doesn't sound like Avatar Blues. Like, there's a lot of creative fire there, and he's working with people who inspire him. And again, we're talking about something that, not to disparage a style of music I like, like punk, there's a little more artistry there. But mm-hmm. they come from the same place. And and one would assume that Matt Skiba being of the type of dude he is who likes the cure and the sisters of mercy and Susie and the banshees probably likes Nick cave. 
but I don't see those internalized lessons in the same way. Yeah, and I I think it's a it's a really different type of attack to the way you make music to think about it in terms of your discography. Yeah, to think about okay, how do I make this record compared to the one before it and maybe the one after it. Yeah. And there's a really, really interesting period to look at with this band where it's like people didn't like Crimson and they kind of press with agony and irony to make something that is like, you don't like that? Like, too bad but they don't commit all the way yeah so it's a little too hedge in the bed and then they double back and there's so much fluctuation and then this is just like so uninspired there's no direction to it there's no like this record is this yeah so i'm gonna loop this to another couple artists who have long discographies fucking good because i can't i i can't talk about this no i just i don't have anything to say about the song so people are just going to listen to us talk about literally every other band Mm -hmm. um so this past week or i guess technically a month ago uh when you hear this (laughs) uh the new good fuck record came out good fuck is a collaboration between tim Kinsella and his girlfriend jenny pulse nice they put out a record earlier this year that is unlistenable Mm um I'm a big Joan of Arc fan, big Tim Kinsella fan. I like some of Jenny's stuff. I did not buy that good fuck record. They put up a new one and I listened to it and it's still what I would describe as fuck music, which is basically just like throbbing beats and someone whispering like, I have a head. Um, Cool. There's like three good songs on it and I'm seeing more of like, okay, like this is not something I need to own, but okay. Similarly, I was going through the Neurosis discography. I'm a big Neurosis guy. Um, And I was like, you know, I've never really listened to the Jarbo album, the collab with Jarbo from Swans. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got like a promo of the remastered version. I was like, I'm going to give it a go. And I listened to the Good Fuck record, which is mostly just people breathing at me. And then the first song on the Neurosis Jarbo collab is, you know, kind of their ambient tribal drum stuff with a woman breathing at me. And I was like, you know, I don't need this. <laughs> it's not like offensive to me, but it's it's music that does nothing for me. I've never been able to have that off switch with this band. Yeah. Because it's not taking that kind of risk where it's like, oh, you're doing like throat singing and just, you know, uh, writing about, you know, how attractive your young girlfriend is, whatever. Uh, it's It's not anything that's like boundary pushing. Or making me really wrestle with the fact of like, why do I like it when it's this way, but not this way? Mm-hmm. It's not making me think anything other than song. Yeah. Song. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's just the type of stuff where it's like, as I said, I forget what song we were talking about. Probably Draculina. But it's like, there's so much music in the world. When I hear something like this, it, it is offensive in that way you're kind of describing and reacting to it where it's just like why this is a waste of my time when i could put on 
I don't know, let's say a Wilco Covers Comp or a Wilco Record. Oh, or... betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. Great idea. All the proceeds go to AIDS Foundation of Chicago. Or literally anything else, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I just, yeah. what is this doing for me? It's funny to look at two weeks ago or an hour ago. Yeah, um, I mean, depending on time is relative. We're just talking about how lucky we are for this band. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's just kind of a bummer to see complete autopilot on knowing that they're going to sell the record. They're not going to have a problem making their money back. Yeah. Yeah. Literally me. Yeah. But I'm going through this, this interesting time with Titus Andronicus. Interesting. Where, I did a list on the Better Yet Patreon of the top 25 records of the aughts. Mm-hmm. Number one for me is The Earring of Grievances by Titus Andronicus. If I were to do the 10s, the monitor, the follow-up to The yeah, Earring yeah. of Grievances is in the top three. I Both great records. I, I love those two records so much, and I identified with those records as a 22 year old mm-hmm. as much as i have identified with a piece of music in my entire life i mean i felt the same way i remember seeing them play not knowing who they were it was when airing of grievances was just coming out they're opening for lucero Lo- oh okay at okay. metro i thought you were gonna say los campesinos no, but no. my friend saw that show and so it was at yeah. metro mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know who this band is, but I showed up early and they're on stage and Patrick's wearing sweatpants and looks like a unemployed gym teacher. Mm-hmm. And they open with the first song, Authoring of Grievances. And they're playing it kind of quiet and then it drops out and they all scream, fuck you. And then it kicks in and they're like ripping through this half hour set where I was like, I need to buy whatever this band has. Yeah. Like I remember him standing at the front of the stage and it's kind of a rock star move, but for an opening band that nobody really knew is fucking sick where he's just like standing backwards and falls into the crowd while playing guitar. And just like, it was this crazy energy and just like so exciting where I'm like, Whoa, like this is punk done through this other lens and it's bringing these elements of classic rock and like just had all these really rich references. Amazing. Do I like a Titus Andronicus record after the monitor? You do not. And the reason that you don't is because the monitor is the airing of grievances with a bigger budget and a bigger scope. And it sounds pristine as opposed to the lo-fi masterpiece that the airing of grievances was. And, you know, there's this running narrative about the Civil War, and it's just such a perfect record. And then they follow it up with just a band playing in a room, and it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Completely lifeless record, and nobody liked it. And he got so mad about the fact that nobody liked it. And everything that they've done since then has just been an answer to what came before it. But he's lost total focus. Because he's not writing for him. He's writing to subvert an expectation that maybe no one has. He's writing to prove a point. Yeah. 
and the only person who's still arguing that point is him. And he made a fucking record with Bob Mould that Steve Albini engineered, and I listened to five minutes of it, mm-hmm. and I just... You I, know every move it's going to make. It's just like, there's nothing that's there. There's nothing that's happening. There's nothing that is inspired in any productive way. No. No. And I think that's the thing is like, I'm, you know, there's there's often those two schools of thought with artists and specifically musicians, which is like, I either want them to keep experimenting and be these bold, adventurous, creative people, or I want them to stay the exact same. I'm going to hate them if they do either, but that's what I say I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was having this conversation uh, recently with a friend about the new Angel Dust record where to me, I'm like, I love it because it's fun. Yeah, I love it because to me it is different, but I can see the through line from A to B. I can see from those early releases that I don't really fuck with how they get here that maybe I didn't see that clearly then. And maybe they'll continue to do that or maybe move away from it, whatever. But for right now, like that's exciting to me. And I think I've reached this point where I understand like what I'm excited about right now is who's ever doing something good Mm -hmm. or whatever I'm discovering that's new to me. That's good. And I can still love these like workhorse musicians who meant a lot to me and are maybe kind of off the rails and I can still tune in. But if it's not for me, it's really just not for me. And Titus Andronicus, I don't know if they'll ever make something that's for me again, because what I liked was him making something for himself Mm -hmm. and he just doesn't know how to do that anymore. Yeah, And I feel like there's nothing sadder than like, I'm not much of a bad religion or no effects guy. So like to me, the best no effects song is The Decline because it's like, oh, you've never done that before and you'll never do that again. That's cool. That's interesting. It's 20 minutes long. The best bad religion record to me is Into the Unknown because it's fucking weird in a prog record. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am not the average listener. I get that. But my point here is like, consistency is fine. If that's your band, fuck yeah, cool, awesome, stoked for you. But for me, it's like, I want bands where only they do the thing. I want to listen to Neurosis because Neurosis does Neurosis. Mm -hmm. I listen to those early Alkaline Trio records because they sound that way. Not because they are trying to sound like anyone else. So when I hear a record where it's just writing a decent little punk song, it's like, yeah, I've got enough. I'm okay. Yeah. These are all songs that they know how to write. Yeah. And they know how to perform them um, or at least how to perform a verse of them so that you can just throw it on for the second one. We're good. Mm -hmm. We got it Mm -hmm. done. Um, Take complete. But that's it. It's just it's just songs just done. And we got through them. They got through them. Moving on. Yep. What do you give it? One and a half. I'm going to go two. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm glad you came over. Me too. I think we put more thought into this discussion than they did the writing of the song, Mother of Pearl. That's extended thunder. Unbelievable. Um, I think that it's important that you and I wrap this up so that we can go check on Lily. She gets very scared mm-hmm. during the thunder. Um, that might have been enough of a rumble for Chloe to pick it up. Uh, hey, 
we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're putting in the effort just as we are. Yes. <laughs> because sometimes it's the best thing that could happen. Sometimes it's a slog, but we make it through. It and... was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> There's a Don DeLillo line that I really love where it's, you know, the... 10,000 monkeys at a typewriter, but if you put 10,000 humans at 10,000 typewriters, would any of them write out animal sounds? Think about it. Language, it's still a construction. Profound. We'll be back next week. Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. You'll be able to vote on the songs that we talk about sometimes. We got swag. We got bonus episodes. We talk a lot about a lot of different things on those. Boy, do we. Either way, we'll be back next week. Tell a friend. Share it. Come back. We'll see you then. Thanks, Bubba. So. Let's just get this fucking shit out of the way. <laughs> yeah.